Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 Podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp, and Blake Alderman is here. Uh, we're going to go ahead and break down the Towson game from this weekend and then kind of get into a little bit of a preview an early look at the Auburn game this weekend. Obviously a huge showdown looming in the Swamp, two top 10 teams. It'll be the first time that two top 10 teams come into the Swamp unbeaten since LSU back in 2012, so quite a big game. But Blake, first I wanted to get into the Towson game from this weekend um, and kind of get your thoughts on that game. I thought we had talked a little bit about the Tennessee game the previous week probably being Florida's cleanest game of the season. I thought they had really taken some strides forward there. And I thought, for me at least, Saturday night in in a lot of ways was a little bit of a step back. What was your impression of the game overall? Yeah, I would say that. You know, there were just – it's really hard to nitpick a game whenever Florida comes in and, you know, you shut them out. But, you know, I think there's a lot of factors here. I think that Florida played a lot of young players. Um, they held out a lot of guys. So I think you could kind of see a little bit more sloppiness just because, you know, the Donovan Steiners, you know, that they, 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 he continues to make the same mistakes he makes, you know. And obviously they have a pair of freshman cornerbacks out there, you know, when they're, as they switch between Kimbrough, uh, Elam, and Jaden Hill. So, I mean, there was some youth that I think was a lot of the reasons there as well. Um, but, Florida's offensive line probably had one of their worst showings of the season, I thought, against a, an inferior opponent. Um, I don't know if it was the fact that HBO was in town and there was just distractions all week. I mean, there, there could be a lot of things um, that kind of point to it. But, you know, I, I do think that Florida had a little bit of a, uh, you know, it was, it was a sloppy win, you know, despite them really not ever having any worry about losing the game. Yeah, no, and I think, um, you know, the run game, obviously, that kind of remains a problem for Florida. Um you would have hoped that this would have been a nice little tune-up for Florida kind of heading into the Auburn game and where you build off that Tennessee week. Uh, I'm not sure that really happened. I think that uh, there were a lot of missed assignments, I thought, Saturday, probably more than we'd seen in a long time. Um, and I, I actually thought when I went back and rewatched the game, a lot of them were on Chris Bleich. And I thought once they changed uh, you know, that, that spot in the lineup, I thought they did a little bit better. Um, but clearly... Dan Mullen's at the point where he's getting frustrated, and I think part of that is realizing um, that this team can't afford to take a step back at any point. And I think that you saw that a little bit against against uh, against Towson. I just there were there were too many guys just missing blocks, leaving leaving guys free to hit a, a back in the backfield, and that's something we've seen all year. And if it, look, if you can't run the ball against Towson, I don't know how you're going to be able to look at this October stretch where Florida is going to play three of the top ten teams in the country over the next month and, and expect things to go well. So I, I don't know that, um, you know, that, that things should be overly negative necessarily, but I thought rather than kind of building some, some positive momentum with the team and maybe, maybe getting a little bit of additional confidence, 
I thought now you start to get back to that point where you start questioning, oh boy, like what's going to happen, uh, you know, kind of going forward because, man, it's just it's hard to watch the uh, the issues in the run game right now. Yeah, you know, I just thought this was one going to be one of those games where Florida really comes in, gets the, you know, this is one where you have the story written up, you know, in the first quarter just because it's, you know, the game story over in the first quarter just because I, I thought that Florida was going to come out and I thought they were going to dominate. But the offensive line just remains a big problem. And I know you mentioned Chris Bleich. Um, I thought that the things were a lot better whenever they moved uh, Heggy over to right guard and, and moved Garage mm-hmm. in there. I think that that's probably the I, – I think that it's time to – really start looking at that maybe being the starting lineup for the offensive line. I know it's Towson. I know that doesn't mean that that lineup's going to work against Auburn, but I think that just from the body of work we've seen, when Florida runs that lineup as, as their offensive line, they, they seem to have the most success. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if that's the starting unit this weekend. You know, I, I thought uh, Richard Guraj did some nice things. I thought, I thought overall, I, I think the right side of the line was a little bit less of a liability once Heggie shifted over to that right side. Um, the problem right now is I think, you know, Chris Bleich and, and John DeLance are probably your two weak links on the O-line. And when you're playing them side by side, um, I think that's kind of a recipe for disaster. I, I do think that, you know, Florida tried to show some new things. I don't know if that was maybe to get Auburn to prepare for it or if it was just, you know, they were trying to manufacture some run game. Um, but it was interesting that we started to see a lot more of the end around jet sweep kind of stuff. You know, they really got Joshua Hammond involved in that. I would guess, Blake, that some of that is them putting stuff on tape for Auburn where they're going to have a couple wrinkles out of it. Um, But I don't know that it was hugely effective. I mean, you look at the numbers, Florida ran 16 times for 60 yards in the first half. So, you know, only 3.75 yards of carry, you know, when the game was still on the line and before you've kind of worn them down. So, man, it's just uh, those are some, some concerning numbers as you head into the start of the SEC season. And I think... You know, seeing some of that east to west stuff that they did, I think maybe Dan Mullen's starting to uh, maybe start starting to realize a little bit that this just kind of is who they are, and, and they're going to have to you know try to do whatever it is they can to manufacture something. Yeah, I think that those are going to be the kind of plays you're going to have to pull out against Auburn, just because I don't see Florida's offensive line against Auburn's great defensive line just coming in and just running in between the tackles and just mm-hmm. having big success. So I just don't see that happening. So I think you're going to have to do those. You know, maybe an end around, you know, stretch run. I think the tight ends are really going to have to step up in the blocking game as well to do those things. So, you know, I'm not too sure, certain that Florida's going to come in and they're going to run the ball well against Auburn. I think that this is going to be a game where you have to rely on Kyle Trask. Um, you have to rely on Florida's deep wide receiver core um, and maybe get a turnover or two on defense. I think that's going to be the, the keys to success for Florida against Auburn. Yeah, and I, I will say if you're looking for, you know, some positive takeaway from from Saturday's game against Towson, it's got to be that Kyle Trask still looked really good. Um, I mean, you really can't undersell what he's been able to do. And I know Dan Mullins kind of talked about it a couple times this year that, you know, that they've been able to pass, so they've kind of leaned on that. And when defenses give them a pass, they'll take it. You know, Towson really kind of sat off in coverage and gave Trask some easy throws and, um you know, even if you can't get the run game going, a lot of times that's almost an extension of the run game. You know, if they're going to give you Van Jefferson uh, with an eight-yard cushion, you can pick up an easy five yards uh, on those quick passes. And I thought Florida did a lot of that. I think we, we talked about it some kind of, you know, previously on podcasts uh, on the show. But I think I think Florida's going to have to get the perimeter game going in the passing game and kind of use that as an extension of the run game against Auburn. Uh, I know we look back at that, you know, the Mississippi State game a year ago, um, and they kind of did that and were able to neutralize, you know, a very good defensive front. Uh, 
Um, but I guess, you know, some of the other – one of the other areas, Blake, that I was really concerned with was I thought the defense did not tackle well at all. Um, and that, to me, is another kind of concentration thing. You know, I, I just, it just felt like Florida was maybe looking ahead a little bit to Auburn, which, you know, some of that's human nature. But you'd think, you'd think at this point that, you know, Dan Mullen w- has gotten his message through enough that that would really kind of stop happening. But you looked across the board in the first half at some of the tackling issues. Um, once again, you just had, you know, guys in the secondary just kind of lunging at tackles, you know, not keeping their feet moving and wrapping up and driving through. And, uh, you know, Towson was able to stay on the field and put together some pretty productive drives as a result. Yeah, I don't know if that's a, you know, a combination. The secondary, I thought, was the most concerning um, issue for Florida as far as tackling. Like you said, a lot of lunging. Um, I thought Donovan Steiner, uh, Trey Dean, even sometimes Brad Stewart really struggled back there. Um, and again, I, you know, I don't know if it's them looking forward to Auburn, like you said. I don't know if it was the fact that HBO was there all week, and that's a big distraction. But overall, you know, Florida played a lot of young guys on their defense, so I think that that's why we saw a lot of those kind of knucklehead mistakes just from mm-hmm. you know having young players out there. But, you know, the Donovan Steiners, the Trey Deans, you know, the Brad Stewarts, those are guys that, you know, there's not really an excuse. You know, those guys really need to wrap up. And, you know, I, I don't know, like you said, Florida's probably going to have to spend their week tackling those big, soft, like, what, donut tackling dummies all week yeah, I mean, yeah. they need to do something i mean they, they need to figure out the tackling game just because it, it's just not the kind of game and then the problems you want to have the week before whenever you have one of your biggest matchups of the season yeah and again i think a lot of that goes down to just concentration because it's not like florida hasn't been able to do it at various points you know I, like i said i thought the tennessee game they had really ironed out some of these issues um and then you know they kind of just pop back up this weekend so um, one other area I thought defensively that, that really was a little bit problematic against Towson, um, and especially with Auburn coming up, Bears watching, I thought for the first time really all season that Florida did not do a very good job keeping contain in the pocket. Um, you know, Flacco was really able to hurt them with his legs. And I thought Jeremiah Moon, who we'd kind of praised on the show quite a bit for really taking that next step and being able to set the edge against the run, I thought he got lost a little bit on Saturday. To me, he was out of position several times, and I know, um, you know, Dan Mullen mentioned it, you know, in his post-game press conference, said, hey, we just, we kind of gave them running lanes, and uh, he was able to take advantage, and if you do that against Auburn, I think, you know, Bo Nix is certainly a guy that can take advantage. Yeah, Auburn has the the tools to, you know, really hurt you if those are going to be your problems again. Um, as good as Jeremiah, or excuse me, as good as John Grenard was in the game for Florida, I thought Jeremiah Moon was just as bad in the game, you know, I think that, uh, this was by far probably his worst game of the season. Um, he, he's been a, a bit of a pleasant surprise this season. But Florida, I mean, there's just there's just so many things that they need to work on that to lead up to this Auburn game. If they're going to stand a chance, Auburn is going to run the ball. They're going to try to run the ball well. Um, in the same sense, you see Auburn put up, I think, 52, 56 points or something like that against Mississippi State. It just seems mm-hmm. like a total different dynamic leading up to this week. Whereas Florida, they got the win. There was never any question they were going to lose to Towson. And I'm sure we're nitpicking to an extent, but you know, whenever you carry those things over to next week, I mean, Florida's going to have to play a perfect game. Yeah, well, I think that that pretty much says it. And it's not, you know, it's not that Florida's not capable of doing that. Um, certainly, we've seen Dan Mullen put together, you know, game plans that work really very well. Um, but really, it's going to be on, uh, I think, Florida's ability to execute in all three phases. I don't, I don't think this is a game where you can have one phase have a bad game and probably come away with the win. Um, one other thing, um, before we kind of move on into previewing more of, more of the Auburn game, 
Um, I, I did want to talk a little bit about the secondary and just kind of where you see the play at right now as a whole. Um, because I, I thought Saturday's game kind of further illustrated one concern I had, and that's that's that nickelback spot right now for me. Yeah, Trey Dean, I mean, he just he got he was getting picked on, you know, and I think whenever you see a guy like that getting picked on against a team like Towson, it makes you think, whoa, like, you know, this guy, he's been a safety, you know, he was a re- recruit as a safety. I know he played some cornerback as his freshman year. I, I just don't think he's getting getting the job done quite at that nickel position. I don't know if it's time to kind of move him around, plug and play, and see maybe where he can have some more success. Obviously, I think the best two safeties when Florida has them in, it's, you know, whenever they have Sean Davis, it's whenever they have Brad Stewart. I don't know that, that Trey Dean has really put out that, that same kind of body of work at that nickel position. Obviously, whenever you have a healthy cornerback, it's going to be Marco. It's going to be mm-hmm. C.J. Henderson. I just don't know if it's, if it's time to maybe start trying some guys out at that nickel spot. But, you know, Trey Dean, just if it was out of position, it was bad tackling. I think overall he just had a lot of things that really didn't go well for him last Saturday. Yeah, I mean the tricky part with that is I don't I don't really know exactly what you would do in terms of if you're going to play a second guy there, and that's this is where I think you know Florida losing John Huggins before the season really hurts because he was a guy that I thought was very very ideally suited to nickel was playing extremely well in the spring. Um, it's not that Florida doesn't have options. I think it's that if you start moving guys around, suddenly you're pulling guys from other spots. You know because Amari Bernie. Well, this isn't the game, right? This isn't the right. game to be pulling guys around like that. Right, so like Amari Bernie can do it, but he's playing pretty well at linebacker right now, and and that I thought that's been a real positive for Florida. So I'm not sure you want to move him there. Um, you know, the the freshmen as well as they're playing. Uh, typically, the way Florida's operated with true freshmen is they they really like to stick them to just one spot. That way they can do that. So I'm not even sure how many guys have really been repping at the nickel. Um, you know, in terms of those three freshmen, um, but I think you know. We knew there was going to be some drop-off from Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I don't think we maybe saw it being quite this big. Um, and I think, <laughs> excuse me, I think that there's enough on tape at this point of Trey Dean kind of struggling that I think teams are going to probably target him a little bit. Um, and so I, it will be interesting to talk to Todd Grantham this week, um, you know, when we talk to him after practices and and see if that if that's even an area of concern for him, if he thinks it was just a one-off bad game for Trey Dean. Um, or, you know, if they maybe think about shifting some guys around. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, again, I you know, I don't I don't really have the answer of what they should do. I think at this point, like you said, you don't have really the bodies. So they're like, guys, I, mean, I think you're going to have to stick with me. I fully expect to be the starter in the start next week. Um, unless there's some kind of crazy week of practice or whatnot. But I just don't know what you're going to do. Because, again, you know, you're not going to move any of those guys from corner. You're not going to move any of those guys from, from the safety spot whenever you have Sean Davis back. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think the best bet, if if you're going to move Trey Dean from there, would be those freshmen. But it just doesn't seem to really match what the coaches have done over their course of their time here. Yeah. Well, Blake, I'm glad you mentioned Sean Davis because we didn't really talk about it much. Um, but, you know, that that's another thing to keep in mind when you're, you're talking about this Towson game. Florida obviously had a lot of guys out. You know, Freddie Swain sat. Sean Davis sat, Ventrell Miller sat, um, you know, obviously Jabari Zaniga, C.J. Henderson. Those guys were all out. So, that I mean, that is worth keeping in mind when we're talking about what, what I think for for us was a little bit just, I would say just a little bit of a lackluster performance leading up to Auburn. Um, that obviously won't be the case this week. You know, Florida should be all hands on deck. And, uh, Blake, I, I think uh, let's go ahead and take a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll go ahead and start to preview the Auburn game. Let's do it. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to the Swamp 24-7 podcast. I'm Thomas Goldcamp, and Blake Alderman is here with me. Uh, we've, we've kind of spent a little bit of time breaking down the Towson game from the weekend. Uh, I don't want to spend too, too much time on that. Uh, for one, because it's Monday, so you know sometimes when we get this podcast out on Sunday evening, uh, the game's a little fresher. Obviously, the big story this week is Florida-Auburn, a top-10 matchup in the Swamp. Obviously, a huge, huge game coming up. Florida is on a nine-game winning streak. If they can stretch it to 10, Blake, I think it's safe to say probably that a lot of national perceptions would change, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is... This to me has a lot of the makings. I know, I know the game plan. I think is going to match similar to what they did against Mississippi State. Whenever you have that defensive line, but I think that this game overall, a win for Florida, is kind of that LSU game last year, to where it kind of puts that game. I feel like really kind of put Florida on the map, to where it was you know a team to watch. Dan Mullen in his first year, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I, I think that this is that kind of game that can really kind of change the script on how how people view Florida. Because I, I think that a lot of people feel like Florida is one of those teams that you know maybe is a little overrated right now just because of the body work. I don't know that they've really dominated any team except for that Tennessee game where they really you know just completely dominated them. Um, so I think that this kind of win, it, I think it changes a lot of perception that people have about Florida. Well, I mean, I think you look at Florida's schedule and um, you know they're five and zero, so that's obviously a very big positive. And like I think Dan Mullen put it. You know, they've they've taken care of business. Okay. So that you know, they're not doing anything, you know, record wise, they're where they should be. But I think you look at those five teams right now and you say, Okay, where's the quality win? Um, I'm not sure Miami's all that quality win, and that was a really sloppy game. Uh Florida pulled it out, season opener, all that, you know, all those caveats included. Um, Kentucky, another kind of gritty, tough win. Um, but not really a clean game. So I think this one um, I think people are just a little bit hesitant to fully buy in to Florida. Um, and and I, I think that's probably fair. I mean, we talk about some of these issues. Um, the run game, that's a that's a serious concern. I don't, I don't think anybody is really overstating uh, how big of an issue that is for Florida right now. I mean, this is this is a Dan Mullen scheme that really relies on being able to run the football. And, you know, obviously they're versatile and have, have done a good job working around it. Um, but I think it gets hard to beat these, you know, these upper tier, top level SEC teams when you can't really run the ball. And I'm not sure that Auburn's elite. You know, I don't know how much we know about them really either. Um, but I think, you know, I th- you talked about it. I mean, I think the number one matchup, you pr- you know, most people are probably circling, it, circling is looking at that Auburn defensive line. You know, if if uh, if Florida doesn't really come out and execute as clean as it has all year. 
I just am not sure they're going to be able to run the ball at all. Yeah, I don't know that I would peg Auburn as an elite team. I think whenever you have a freshman quarterback, there's a lot of limitations that you have to work on yourself. I do think that they do run the ball fairly well um, with Booby Whitlow. Um, he has seven touchdowns on the season. Um, Auburn is one of those teams that's going to want to run the ball, too. So um, I think you have to be impressed with what you've seen from him. Um, but I think that the only part of this Auburn team that I would really peg as elite is that defensive line. And I think that that's – that's, that's not the, the kind of recipe Florida wants to play against whenever they have that struggling offensive line. So it could be a long day for Florida if they really don't get things figured out in the trenches. Um, because I think this game is very winnable for Florida being at home. Um, and, you know, I think Florida has a lot of capable pieces. The running game and the, and the fact of Florida blocking that offensive line, or excuse me, blocking their defensive line, I think have to be the biggest things to watch. Um, you know, if Florida's going to win the game, they're going to have to do those things. Yeah, I think that's obviously the matchup everybody's going to kind of circle heading into this one. I, I actually think I kind of lean towards this being a game that UF's defense decides who wins. Um, and and the reason I say that is because I think we've seen that we've seen Florida can navigate a tough matchup like that against Mississippi State last year. I thought we saw it, um, but you look at that how that game played out, and that game Florida won it with terrific special teams. They were able to flip the field throughout the game. And they won it with great defense, particularly in the fourth quarter. You know, I, I want to say Mississippi State's last four drives uh, basically amounted to nothing in the game. Um, so Florida's defense really put the clamps down. And I think you're going to need a low-scoring game like that. Um, I think if Auburn, you know, gets out to an early lead, you know, anything more than 7 to 10 points, I think Florida's in real trouble because I don't think— you know, Dan Mullen will be patient. They may not generate a ton in the in the run game, but he's proven that he'll be patient throughout the course of a game as long as his defense play, is playing well. Um, so I, I really think that it's on, you know, Florida's defense playing as sound a game as it has. You can't have the tackling mistakes. Uh, you can't lose contain in the pocket on Bo Nix, let him hurt you with his legs. Um, but if I'm looking at, you know, Florida's blueprint to win this game, I think you you know you stay in the game early, you weather any potential storm early, um, and, and the defense has to come up big for you. Yeah, you know I think this is a really interesting matchup just because I think I think that Auburn, you know, whenever you have that freshman quarterback, this is the kind of game that Florida's defense can really make things rough on him because I'm not sure that Auburn has played the type of defense that Florida's going to put out there. I know they had and a that's, big win. That's over. a very fair point. Yep. I, I know that Oregon, I mean, it's not like they beat like a, you know, a chump in Oregon, but at the same time, I don't know that Oregon is going to have that same type of defense that Florida has. Um, so I think that again, this is, this is Auburn's biggest game of the season too. Yeah. I think that's a great point. I mean, I, I think, I think you're hundred percent right. I don't think Oregon has the kind of athletes that Florida has, particularly when you talk about some of these pass rushers. And then the other thing, you know, we, we're talking about Florida's defense being a little sloppy against Towson. We mentioned it. They're not at full strength. Um, you don't have arguably, you know, either 1A or 1B, your, your best pass rusher in, in Jabari Zaniga. You know, John, John Grenard has been obviously fantastic. But, uh, you know, Zaniga was, was playing really, really well before he got hurt. So you add him back to the mix. Suddenly you got a threat on both sides. Um, you, can get, you, you can slide him inside for some interior pass rush as well. Yeah, add C.J. Henderson back to the mix. I think, uh, you know, you, you got one less person that you can reliably target, and you got another guy that's a pretty good ball hawk in the secondary. Um, I think that, that that's one of the things statistically, too, that stands out to me. Florida's been extremely, extremely good at forcing takeaways, and Auburn really hasn't come away with many. I think they only have one interception on the whole season. Um, so, like, again, if you're, if you're drawing up a blueprint, 
Florida's just got to continue to be disruptive. They've got to continue to make sure they don't break in the red zone. They've been terrific. I don't even think they've given up a touchdown since Felipe Franks was hurt. Um, but, you know, a healthy Florida defense suddenly I think could look very different. And if Auburn gets frustrated, you know, you've got a rocking crowd in the swamp. Um, you know, I, I, I've seen nothing from Kyle Trask yet that makes me think that he's going to be a problem in this game. Now, they, I'm not saying he's not going to turn the ball over. I'm not going to say he's going to go 18 to 20 or whatever it was this weekend. Um, but he's been able to make enough plays that I think you, you're in the game. Um, and so I, I think, I guess that's part of my question. Like, can Florida click as a healthy defense, you know, with those guys back in there? Um, like they haven't missed a beat because sometimes it takes guys a little bit, you know, coming off injury to kind of get back into the flow. Thomas, let me ask you this. This is something I actually thought about the other day. And I know that obviously the guys that are injured on Florida's defense, they have, they have game tape this year. They, they played enough to where there's tape, but do you feel like it's a luxury for Florida? And as far as the game planning part of, you know, how Auburn is going to sit there and game plan for Florida, that Florida really hasn't trotted at least except for, you know, week one and week two, um, or excuse me, that they had the bye week then. Um, you know, do you feel like that Florida has the luxury of the fact that they don't have a full-strength defense on tape, that Auburn's going to have a lot of unknowns maybe whenever they do their game planning? Um, yeah, I think I think probably to some degree, and, and more so because uh, these teams haven't really played a whole lot. So, um, you know, Auburn's not familiar with Florida in the way you know, an LSU would be. Um, I do think... Um, you know, there's enough tape out there on Jabari Zuniga that you kind of know what you're expecting. But you know he's again, good. You know he's going to yeah, be good. Yeah, so the, I guess the question for Auburn is more, you know, do you anticipate him maybe not being a full 100% and therefore game plan for Grenard a little bit more in terms of who, how you want to double and, you know, that kind of thing, shade protection uh, to him? I, I wouldn't be surprised if they do that and, and kind of say, hey, if, you know, if Zuniga can beat us, you know, go for it. Um, we're not sure he's a hundred percent. Um, maybe that that's a little bit of a difference, uh, you know, just in terms of not having seen him, uh, at a hundred percent these last couple of weeks. But, um, I don't think anybody's going to be throwing at Henderson. I think we've talked a couple times on the show about Marco Wilson, maybe not quite being, uh, back up to his freshman form. I think sure. when you see him and then you've got the matchup with trading, I think you have to like, if you're Auburn at this point, um, I'm not sure that you're throwing at Henderson, even if you think he's a little gimpy. I just, I'm not sure that you want to invite Florida for some takeaways. You know, they're obviously pretty good at getting them on their own. I don't think you want to be targeting Florida's best corner. Um, but I don't know. It's, I mean, that is an interesting question. I guess you'd kind of have to ask Auburn's coaches, most likely. Right. You know, and I, I think that you bring a good point because, you know, you look at Auburn's wide receivers. They have Seth Williams, who is probably the, 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 you know, their wide receiver one. And then you have Eli Stowe. Um, I'm interested to see how Marco Wilson matches up against those guys because I don't know if you're going to just have C.J. Henderson just follow Seth Williams around all day. I, you know, I, I don't know what the game plan is going to be there. But I, I think that it's interesting in the fact that Eli Stove, I remember covering him as a recruit, um, he's a really speedy guy. And you know, I don't know that that's going to be – I think that could be a guy that whenever you have a struggling Marco Wilson, that he could be a guy to watch because he's really fast um, and Marco has struggled, and I think that that I'm interested to see how the how the coverage matchups go here because I think that Auburn has a couple um, good wide receivers that could match up against Florida's secondary. Well, that's the thing. I think you know Auburn, just like Florida, you've got enough receivers that uh, you know if they go three wide, four wide, you're, you're gonna feel like you're gonna have a matchup somewhere in there uh, if you're Auburn, and so it's really gonna. 
I think it's going to test Florida's secondary. You know, I'm not entirely sold on this group as a whole. We talked about Dean kind of maybe being the weak link, um, but Wilson's been a little rusty. Henderson, you know, coming back for the first time in, in a couple weeks. Um, it's going to be a good test. It's going to be a good test. Um, I do think the safeties have been better, you know, tackling issues aside last week. Um, I love Brad Stewart coming up into the box, you know, against the run. I think he's exactly what they've kind of been missing there. Um, when you talk about Steiner maybe getting caught a little bit flat-footed here and there, and then, you know, Juwan Taylor kind of missing some tackles. Um, Brad Stewart has no problem getting sticking his nose in there and mixing it up. He's uh, he's almost like another linebacker in there, which I think is going to be really important in this Auburn game. Um, Florida's going to have to tackle well. They're going to have to kind of set a statement, you know, set the tone in this game. And I think Stewart, based on what we've, we've seen from him so far, um, you know, no, no secret that getting him back was huge for the Florida defense. Yeah, I think that this it, they they're really going to need to tackle well in the secondary because Auburn has a lot of speed. You know, I mentioned uh, Eli Stowe. They also have Sean Shivers, who's a very you know speedy running back. Um, you bring in uh, Anthony Schwartz, who might be one of the fastest guys mm-hmm. in, in all of college football. So I think that the speed aspect that Auburn brings, you're really going to need to wrap those guys up because if you don't, I mean, they're, they're you know they're like a lightning bolt. They're gone. All right, Blake. Well, uh, I know we're going to break down the Auburn matchup a whole lot more once we have a chance to talk to, you know, Dan Mullen, some of the coaches, coordinators. Um, But I I think that'll do it for this show. We'll be back later in the week, kind of, you know, really digging more on each of these matchups, kind of giving you uh, some statistics, you know, whatever we can glean from Florida. I'm sure they're not going to give us the game plan this week. Uh, But we'll be back later in the week, guys. We thank you for tuning in.